Well, hello again. This is Buck Benning speaking. Welcome to a special presentation by Stacy and Mindy. This is actually uh, four of the podcasts that Stacy does, Stacy and Mindy do, over on Stacy's um, own site, which is gotlitradio.com, and I have a link to it that's going to be in the program notes for this episode. I I listen to it uh, a decent amount of time, and I just love... It's the reason I brought Mindy over here or asked her to come join uh, Stacy in doing some of the podcasts, because I just think they're so brilliant together. And what's kind of cool about these podcasts is there's no show. It's The show is them. The show is uh, Stacy and Mindy. And so what I thought I'd do is i grab all their Thanksgiving shows, which I enjoyed tremendously. There's tons of information here about Thanksgiving and its history, and and I just linked them all together. Uh, if you like um, this kind of presentation done by Stacy and Mindy, you'll want to go to Gotlet Radio and listen to their wonderful podcasts that they do there. Um, anyway, enjoy Stacy and Mindy and everything you could ever want to know about Thanksgiving and its history. And we'll see you every Friday <laughs> with, uh, with Stacey and Mindy. <laughs> Enjoy. Howdy, everyone. Welcome to Gotler Radio. Mindy is joining me today for this episode about Thanksgiving, more specifically, the first Thanksgiving. Now, to start off with, um, I'm going to change how... I rate these episodes a little bit because before, you know, I was using a movie style rating, but I thought that would get kind of confusing, especially if we talked about a book that was made into a movie. So I'm going to say that this episode, I was going to say it was an E for everyone, but then I just barely realized that E could stand for explicit. So (laughs) (laughs) maybe I can say EV for everyone. I still don't quite know how I'm going to work a rating system, but basically anyone can listen to this podcast and be okay. And um, I will put up some links to the documents that we're going to use. And as far as I can tell, they're all okay as well. So anyone could read them and be, you know, not offended by reading them. <laughs> okay. So as I said, we are going to talk about the first Thanksgiving and we've been reading a lot about it online and now this is the American Thanksgiving that we were talking about in 1621 in the fall. It's commonly called the first Thanksgiving and we're kind of, Wendy and I are going to kind of quiz each other and it's probably going to be really funny because we're not historians. (laughs) (laughs) So Mindy, is the first Thanksgiving truly the first Thanksgiving? In what way? In such a way as that the pilgrims and the Indians had never, ever, 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 ever had a Thanksgiving dinner together before, or even apart. A day to give thanks, or a meal to give thanks. Probably not, but... (gasps) You mean it's not the true first day of Thanksgiving? I would assume not. (laughs) Well, from everything I've read, that is true. That it is, in fact, not the first meal that the pilgrims or even Indians would have eaten as a way of giving thanks. It was actually pretty common to eat meals 
Well, to have a day dedicated to、uh, express gratitude for different things, it was it could be,、um, and for example, the Native traditions they would celebrate with if they had a good growing season, and or or the birth of a child. I mean, there are different reasons to celebrate, and so a lot of times when you're thankful for something, you want to basically you want to party, you know, and so they'd have a meal, and with the pilgrims. And the Puritans, they both had similar backgrounds. They would want to have some kind of way of acknowledging a day of thanks to God for any special things that happened for them. If a war ended, if a pestilence came and then ended, that ending would be celebrated with a meal of thanks. Or if they, if their crops came in, they're really good. They'd have a meal of thanks, and、um, in fact, there are a few states, such as Florida, Texas, Maine, and Virginia, that each say that they are the site of the first Thanksgiving, and they have historical documents that support that those claims, because both Spanish explorers and English colonists were celebrating religious services and Thanksgivings long before the Mayflower arrived, but. Not very many people know about that, and so that's why they were not called the first. They are not celebrated as the first Thanksgiving meals, and that's why Plymouth gets that distinction because we have historical documents <laughs> from 1621 in Plymouth. Woo! So, Mindy, what can you tell me about these historical documents, or do you want to throw a question at me? No, I just think it. I actually was going to make a comment. I was going to choose option C. That、uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just it was just kind of my opinion. It it just seems like it's probably even taking aside the documentation aspect of what you were talking about. That it's a largely symbolic thing that Americans have latched onto this、uh, being, yeah, you know the the group that. We look at you know as our forefathers of the country kind of thing and、yeah. foremothers and for whatever. But、um, I just think it's I can understand why this one stands out、mm-hmm. and largely a mythology at this point. But we'll get to that <laughs> mythology. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's got to be fact. Always history is always full of facts. So they say.、Um, bu- 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 let's see. I'll I'll give you an easy one. Okay. The 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 so-called <laughs> the heralded first Thanksgiving. Was it full of turkey and canned cranberry jiggly things and <laughs> mashed potatoes? <laughs> is is that the main meal that they had back then? <laughs>、um. Canned cranberries. I think I'm pretty safe with saying no. Good job. <laughs>、uh, but turkeys did exist, and it is possible that turkeys were there, as well as other game or venison. Right.、Uh, mashed potatoes. I'm not so sure. That was. I think it would have been corn. Was it? I said that probably didn't even exist then. Potatoes did, but <laughs> Potatoes not necessarily wet. We do to them. Yeah, I, I would have guessed corn because that was more、yeah. of a, a crop that I believe was 
um, planet a lot at that time, uh, especially once the the Indians had. Uh, pardon me, I should say Native Americans. Once the Native Americans had taught the the pilgrims, um, y- you know how to harvest the corn, plant it, and harvest it so um, th- they could basically survive. Um, so I, I'm going to say that many of the things that we have today may or may not have existed back then. The turkey is probably the one thing. The one thing. That we but it could, probably even wasn't. What's yeah. that? It probably wasn't even like the main thing. Yeah. It was probably just one of those little side things. But I mean, yeah, how often can you turkey. go out and get a deer and, <laughs> and have that be your Thanksgiving dinner? So turkeys are easier, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Well, from a first-hand account that we were reading, they said that Massasoit, we had to look up the pronunciation of that one. Yes. Uh-huh. He uh, he brought five deer. Uh, he presented that and some fowl. And mm-hmm. then it goes on to talk about an assortment of berries, nuts, fish, fowl, fruits, mm-hmm. waterfowl. You know, it it was a huge spread of yeah. all sorts of stuff. So there could and have been cranberries if there were berries. Oh, I absolutely believe there's cranberries, but not the little Yeah, not the can jiggly stuff. I put a moratorium on that a long time ago. I'm like, wait, I, I read a cranberry chutney recipe. It's not that hard. I'll just make it. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that's been our tradition ever since. But yeah, no, I, I just think it's um, interesting. I, I like food, though. I like to eat. But... <laughs> You know, what yeah. an assortment they had. They had a buffet of sorts there. So Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, in fact, we should probably read the original documents that we're co- coming off of, you know, just reading right here. They're very short. They're like little journal entries that had that, that some men had written down. Um, so I am getting this off of www.pilgrimhallmuseum.org. And the title is Primary Sources for the First Thanksgiving at Plymouth. And there are two. There is Edward Winslow's Mort's Relation. So this was written by Edward Winslow. And he wrote, Our harvest being gotten in, our governor sent four men on fowling, that so we might after a special manner rejoice together. After we had gathered the fruits of our labors, they for in one day killed as much fowl as with a little help besides served the company almost a week, at which time, amongst other rec- recreations, we exercised our arms, many of the Indians coming amongst us, and amongst the rest their great king Massasoit, with some ninety men whom for three days we entertained and feasted. And they went out and killed five deer, which they brought to the plantation, and bestowed on our governor and upon the captain and others. And, um, and although it be not always so plentiful as it was at this time with us, yet by the goodness of God, we are so far from want that we often wish you partakers of our plenty. So, It's like not a lot of words, but a lot of information. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, I, I mean, what we can glean from this is that there were friendly relations at this time with the Native Americans, and there's the strong belief in God, and... Um, this is, I believe, actually part of a letter that, you know, he wants people to come and join him. 
Mm-hmm. And so I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. From what I, my understanding of Massasoit, he kept peaceful relations with the pilgrims and the settlers. And it wasn't until after he died that things declined um, into, you know, violence. And not that there wasn't violence before, but he was a big uh, key to keeping everybody level and <laughs> yeah and um, friendly i well i think there was some tension because mm-hmm. I mean, you've heard of squanto right mm-hmm. he's me associated with the uh first thanksgiving if you don't know who squanto is he is uh, a native american who really helped the colonist and he's gotten famous for that now i read a book that actually talked about him and he he was an interesting character. He was kind of wheeling and dealing and trying to get the upper hand in some ways. And so he was actually at one point considered a traitor by Massasoit and the colonists wouldn't give him up. Mm-hmm. And so there was an uneasy alliance at that time. So mm-hmm. as you're saying, Massasoit didn't, you know, want to have, you know, a war with the colonists but because, you know, they they weren't giving up Squanto, there was that um, sense of tension between the colonists and the Native Americans in the land at that time. And it's, as you were saying, it's probably only when Massasoit died that the his successors felt that they could go after the colonists. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What he did what say? he could. No, he did what he could, I guess. And Yeah. We're like, all right, he's dead. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I think, well, we can get into, um, European, Native American, interactions more in depth at a later time (laughs) but i mean at least at this point of the first thanksgiving in 1621 that we are currently talking about they they did have a good relationship and they they did help each other or or at least join together in a day well not a day three days Mm -hmm. can three days how come our national holiday is not three days long (laughs) i'm just saying can you imagine eating? Can you imagine eating a meal for three days at as big as the Thanksgiving meal? So we eat now. Phew. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's fast forward time to June twentieth, sixteen seventy six. Do you know what happened then, Mindy? I'm guessing someone was born. Someone <gasps> was dead, dying, or you know, dead, and then there's something to do about Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I suppose that someone could have died or been born on that date. But what I'm looking at is a document that's called the First Thanksgiving Proclamation, June 20th, 1676. Do you know what? That date. Huh? (laughs) I said that date. (laughs) Yeah, that date. (laughs) So now we've gone from journal entries to an actual proclamation. And because, you know, 
like like we said, that that first date in 1621, it, it wasn't necessarily the only time that there were Thanksgiving meals, and if, in fact, many colonies and settlements would just you know declare their own days of Thanksgiving. It's not like they had a lot of an easy way of communicating with each other so that they could all coordinate their days of Thanksgiving. So a lot of times things like that were just decided by the colonies. But as communication gets easier and there's more of an interaction between all the different colonies or or not necessarily colonies, but the different settlements um, and the, I want to say the U.S., but it wasn't the U.S. at the time, and in the Americas, <laughs> Uh, you can start to get proclamations. Now, this particular one was given um, by the Governing Council of Charlestown, Massachusetts, and they wanted to decide what was the best way to give thanks for the good fortune that they had seen in their community. And so they decided to they decided to proclaim June 29th as a day of Thanksgiving. And, um, you know, I'm just going to put a link to this one because it's so long to try and read the link. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's not going to work. Um, but are you on the same page I I am, mm-hmm. Midi? Yeah. Because I think this was the link that I did send to you. Okay. Um, let's see. I, I think it was interesting in, like, the very first line... They are talking about they are in a war with the heathen natives of this land and that it was brought to pass. Let's see. Let me just read this first line. The holy God, having by a long and continual series of his afflictive dispensations in and by the present war with the heathen natives of this land, written and brought to pass bitter things against his own covenant people in this wilderness. Yet so that we evidently discern that in the midst of his judgments, he hath remembered mercy, having remembered his footstool in the day of his sore displeasure against us for our sins, with many singular intimations of his fatherly compassion and regard, reserving many of our towns from desolation threatened and attempted by the enemy. Okay, I'm not going to, I want to stop there. I <laughs> There's not a period. I said I'm going to read the first sentence of this, but holy cow, it's the first paragraph. <laughs> okay, this whole proclamation is one sentence. I'm not seeing any. Okay, are you seeing any periods in there besides the last one? It's all the rest. It's all semicolons and commas. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, ha, and there I was long, saying I'm going to read the long, first. Long there I'm saying I'm going to read the first sentence and ha ha ha. The whole par- the whole proclamation is a sentence. Okay. <laughs> Um, I, so we know from this that there, they ha- there is a war and, um, that the governing council is a religious council, or at least it's, it's guiding its procul- proclamations with a religious backdrop, so to speak, because the people of the colonies at that time were a very religious colonies because a lot of the people that came over were coming because they'd been persecuted for their religions. And so they came to the, he wanted to say the U.S., to the Americas so that they could have their own place to practice their religion. And so it's not unsurprising to find religious 
verbiage and use in political documents at this time because there had not been that distinction of separation of church and state. Um, so what did you think about this document, Mindy? No, I thought it was interesting that they felt first, I mean, they felt compelled to give thanks, you know, stating it would be foolish not to. Yeah. But also there's, you know, a reference to them being the covenant people and, Mm -hmm. But also acknowledging, you know, the suffering that they went to and kind of giving the impression that they don't really necessarily understand why it had to be so hard, but they were just trusting, you know, that they brought that far, right, and felt compelled to give thanks despite their hardships. I thought that was kind of an interesting and honest way to (laughs) get their (laughs) feelings down. But, you know, a lot of people, they kind of give thanks without... Yeah, what they just kind of breeze over the things that were difficult, and then other people want to focus on everything difficult. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was nice to see a, a mature combination of the two. Yeah, um, so you know, acknowledge, acknowledging it, dwelling. but not being overwhelmed by it, right? But not letting it pass as if it didn't happen. So I, yeah, I, yeah, that's kind of what I took away from this. They. They were resilient, but mindful of why they had to be. So, but still found, you know, a reason to give thanks. So that's, that was interesting. I like that. You know, I, that didn't even cross my mind. So I'm glad you brought that up because I, yeah, I I didn't even think of that. So. We are now having a moment of silence. (laughs) No, (laughs) I was going to say, that's why I'm here. Two people reading the same thing, walk away with two different things. But. Yeah, and that's why I really like this podcast when I have more than one person with me. I, mean, some, I do do them by myself sometimes, but I really like it when I can talk with someone else just because of things like this. We all have different ideas and come away with different thoughts on something. And so, I, I yeah. So. I mean, did you... What did you find interesting about this? You know, honestly, I forgot to read it. So I scanned it quickly before <laughs> we... So you didn't do your homework. No. Yeah, I didn't do my homework. I assigned it you to you. You were busy doing other things, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's, been, it's actually been a fairly busy week. But yeah. I mean, I, I, I scanned it really quick before this. And um, I think it's interesting that the day is in June because that's not a harvest day. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so they're not really stating why they chose June 29th, um, but but they kind of are, are. So it sounds like they're having a lot of um, altercations, shall we say, with the Native mm-hmm. Americans. And um, so it's... I think it's not just for for me as you're saying it's not just a thing about Thanksgiving but I think in some ways it's kind of a a, a plea or a prayer that if they remember to acknowledge their god that their god will remember them in mm-hmm. their time of trouble so to speak 
And by making a proclamation, they're inviting everyone into this. And so it's not written in the form of a prayer. It's written in the form of an official proclamation. Mm -hmm. But I think in some ways it could be um, seen as a way that if we get everyone together to express our thanks and our gratitude, then um, maybe it'd be easier for God to hear us, so to to speak. (laughs) Uh, I, I mean, it, it still happens today when someone's sick or afflicted, people will say, can everyone pray for me or can everyone pray for this person? They're having this really hard time. And so, it's, I mean, it's not uncommon when hardships are about that people want to unite in prayer um, to help alleviate that hardship. Mm-hmm. So that, that's kind of what I got out of it when I was... Uh, Glancing through it, so. yeah. It's like no matter how much time goes by, we're all kind of somehow the same. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. So, anyway, those are some of the first documents that we have about the first Thanksgiving and later proclamations. Now, again, this particular proclamation was for Charleston, Massachusetts. It wasn't necessarily meant for every colony or settlement in the Americas. And you'll actually, if you were to look at other colonies or other settlements, you would probably find other proclamations of Thanksgiving as well. And, or, or mentions that a day was set aside to have a time of Thanksgiving because it it did start to become common for the colonies over time to set aside a special day where you know that the whole community in that area would join together as in a meal of thanksgiving or a mm-hmm. day of thanksgiving and it it is until later that we start to get the nation unified cuz up, up to this time it's still scattered throughout the nations where all the little places are deciding for Mm -hmm. themselves and i've said that like 10 times why am i beating it to death i don't know (laughs) so i apologize (laughs) okay um maybe i'm trying to find a way to segue into what we're going to talk about next week next week we're going to talk about a national proclamation given by general george washington about thanksgiving and we'll talk a little bit how more about how Thanksgiving evolves through the ages until it becomes what it is today. So that's pretty much what we're going to be spending the month of November doing is talking about Thanksgiving. So by the time Thanksgiving actually hits, you will know so much about Thanksgiving. You can be like the life of the party at the Thanksgiving table saying, did you know? (laughs) Blah, 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 blah. And just shout out all these random factoids about Thanksgiving and your family be like, shut up and pass the turkey. (laughs) <laughs> well, depending on your family, they'd be like, oh, that's really cool. Pass a turkey. Yeah, well, yeah. It's <laughs> about the speed of my family. It's, it's great. Can you pass it now? Or... <laughs> All right. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening today. Um, before we close off, Mindy, did you have any final thoughts on our early Thanksgiving proclamations and early documents? Frankly, I'm not a fan of turkey. I really would prefer venison. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> being 
you know, garnished with other little piddly sides, but that's just a preference. <laughs> just a selfish comment by me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's too bad you weren't in 1621 because they did have yeah. venison then. So I know. maybe you can start a crusade to get venison I've on tried. the table. Oh, you tried? Didn't work? It's failed. Oh. Not even just venison, anything else. Oh. Well, did tradition, you do a Facebook, maybe you get a Facebook event and get thousands of people to join? I don't care about that. I'm talking about my specific family making uh. sure that we have turkey in my face. <laughs> I'm not trying to change the world. I just want a different food at Thanksgiving. <laughs> All right. Purely well, selfish. <laughs> well, if you try again this year, good luck to you. <laughs> yeah. Not and... but thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks again, everyone, for listening. And uh, we really enjoy doing these shows. And... I am having a difficult time talking right now. What's going on? Okay. Well, before we sign off, if I could ask, ask everyone to go ahead and go over to Facebook and like our Facebook page, Got Lit, that would be awesome. And it currently has a Halloween cover art, but actually I might have changed that by the time of this post, but maybe again, I will have not because I want to create a really cool November Facebook cover art. So it might take me a few days. <laughs> so if you can go to the Facebook page and like it, that would be awesome. And thanks again so much for listening. And we will see you next week as we talk about Washington's proclamation about Thanksgiving. Ciao, everyone. Howdy, everyone. Welcome to Got Lit. Mindy and I are here again to talk some more turkey. Gobble, gobble. <laughs> Um, so we are going to be talking about the, a national Thanksgiving proclamation that was giving, giving, given by George <laughs> Washington on the 26th of November. Okay, sorry. He, he gave this proclamation on October 3rd, 1789, mm -hmm. and it was to set aside the 26th of November of 1789 as a day of public thanksgiving and prayer. And so we're going to talk about that. And frankly, we're not finding very much information about this one. <laughs> and so this is probably going to be short. <laughs> so, uh, Mindy, why don't you go ahead and start with some of the things that you found, and I'll chime in, and we'll go from there. I didn't find a whole lot. Of, I think it's an interesting read, and the entire thing is only... What a few paragraphs. Yeah, um, it's not very long at all. Yeah, and it's it's just kind of similar to what you know we discussed with the first Thanksgiving and the documents associated with that, and the mm -hmm. idea of you know why they felt compelled to give thanks. There's obviously a lot of religious kind of overtones to it, um, and you know in this era in the country, I mean they're just kind of really getting into the swing of being, you know, independent from from England. So from England, so they had a lot to be thankful for. I guess is kind of the tone of this and they wanted to right. make sure that that was publicly declared. Right. Um which I mean and I think that's that's great and some of the language surprised me um as far as what they're basically praying for like uh you know obviously the protect the nation and mm -hmm. 
anyway, but it goes on to say to promote the knowledge and practice of true religion and virtue and the increase of science among them. I just religion and science separated by only a few words. <laughs> I, I know. I saw that. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just thought that was really uh, kind of an interesting way. And that's, you know, kind of the closing remarks of it. But what did you think about it? Um, Pretty much the same thing as you. It's, it's, I don't know why, but I always really noticed in these early documents just how much there is references to to God and not necessarily one specific religion, but just the general mm-hmm. idea of religion. And, and I don't know if I'm just like hypersensitive to it because a lot of people today where I'm from are like, why are we trying to pull God out of the schools and everything? I mean, our country was founded on the idea of religious freedom and, you know, early and people will try to say that the early founders didn't believe in God or something like that. And these documents seem to say otherwise. So, I mean, things like that always stand out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I did think that was interesting in a, a public proclamation that they were actually, you know, they they weren't ashamed. They weren't afraid to mention God and to have an official proclamation being about giving thanks to God for His help in you know in the the resolution of the Re- Revolutionary War that He brought them through it and that they they were praying as you're saying for the ability to continue to live their religions and to continue to advanced their knowledge in all areas, including science and and things like that. And so I, I, I thought it was interesting. And I thought I remember reading somewhere that someone else wrote this, but Washington read it. And I don't know how true that is because everything else seems to be indicating that Washington read it or, or wrote it. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me either way. <laughs> yeah, it it really wouldn't. Um and it's it's not unusual for presidents throughout time to to give a what's called a non-sectarian prayer mm-hmm. for victory in the military or in in cases of where a ca- catastrophe has happened. I think when people get really worked up about it is when Political people try to say one religion over the other, but I don't know that politicians really do that because they know that's a highly sensitive topic. Mm-hmm. But I mean, at this time, it didn't seem to be um, as much of a what would you call it triggering, yeah, taboo, <laughs> taboo kind of thing. And um, this this one. This proclamation is interesting, and the, the reason I chose this particular one is because it is the first official, official national proclamation for the entire nation. Because previous to this, the documents that we were talking about were just for like an an isolated area in either the colonies or a settlement, and but this one, this was meant to be read to the entire nation so that everyone would join together on one day. So it was a way to unify the nation in a day of Thanksgiving. And 
the reason that George Washington did this was because Congress came up with the idea. And so they, because they wanted to join the whole United States together in a day of, of public thanksgiving and prayer. And, and, you know, the best way to do that is to get the president to make the proclamation for it. And so they, you know, talked about it in the House of Representatives and, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it was not unanimous. There were, there was opposition to it. Do you remember what some of those, the oppositions to uh, this idea was, Mindy? No, I didn't, I didn't read anything about an opposition to it. What were they opposed okay. to? <laughs> um Okay, I'm getting this off the founders.archives.gov site, and I'll put a link in the show notes to it. Um, But let's see. I'm just going to actually read directly from this. It says, The House was not unanimous in its determination to give thanks. Adonis Burke of South Carolina objected that he did not like this mimicking of European customs, where they made a mere mockery of Thanksgiving. And so I... I'm not aware of what the European customs were, but I guess that he felt it would be too close to that and where they're actually trying to, you know, get away from the English side of things. I can see why they would say that. And, um, but, you know, there's only so many ways you can say thank you or give thanks. (laughs) And um, I don't know. Let's see. Thomas Tudor Tucker thought that the House had no business to interfere in a matter which did not concern them. Why should the President direct the people to do what, perhaps, they have no mind to do? And he actually brings up the good point that they may not be inclined to return thanks for a Constitution until they have experienced that it promotes their safety and happiness. We do not know yet, but that, but they may have reason to be dissatisfied with the effects it has already produced. And I thought that was interesting. I mean, that's... Yeah, that is interesting. It's a good point. Yeah, because, I mean, everything is so new that people might not be thankful for it. There'd be, you know, I can only imagine at this time where they have a brand new government, they just fought this mm-hmm. war, and everyone's kind of uh, like, is this going to work? Is this not going to work? I mean... Oh, sure. Yeah, because they were royalists. They uh-huh. There were people that absolutely disagreed mm-hmm. with the revolution, and I... You know, and that, and it, I wonder if there was a bit of a kind of triggering among people who did not want, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, a, a monarch rule, and if this felt to them like, you know, a king's creed or direction, oh, or, you know, to, yeah. you know, maybe it felt a little too um, invasive or domineering. Mm-hmm. I mean, to their sensibilities, where we're used to, you know, presidents. Coming government out. officials yeah. like every single day they're you know giving out some kind of <laughs> hey you know requests or you know we're gonna do this now <laughs> right yeah and so I, I wonder if maybe it did trigger some kind of wait a minute <laughs> you can't tell us what to do you can't tell yeah. us how to pray yeah you- and and i think that was another one of the things that um one of the i think it was actually the same guy uh thomas tucker saying that it is a business with which Congress have nothing to do. It is a religious matter and as such is prescribed to us. And I don't quite get what that meant. Um, 
So, I mean, he was saying, if the day of Thanksgiving must take place, let it be done by the authority of the several states. So it seems like he 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 wanted the states to be able to like, you know, choose their own day if they wanted it. Um, but you know, in, in spite of the the opposition, not more people in the Congress were for it than were against it, and so it passed. Mm-hmm. And Washington went ahead and did give the proclamation. And um, I wasn't able to find anything on how it was received by the people. Did you find anything on that, Mindy? No. I'm actually reading about Thomas Tucker because it's just curious. And he was an early, like a really early, apparently, (laughs) proponent of the American independence. It kind of makes sense that he Uh recoiled from something that seemed a little too overbearing, I guess, to his sensibilities. Um, Right. I mean, but in, I mean, you read the document; it doesn't seem like. Uh, well, actually, I was going to say it doesn't seem like it's overbearing, but the very first <laughs> line, well, where it says the very yeah. first line says, "Whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey His will, to be grateful for His benefits." Mm-hmm. I mean, right there, that I could see as being a little overbound, you know, overbearing, being where saying where it is the duty something you must do mm-hmm. um i could see that as kind of overbearing but i mean really the rest of it i kind of took it as an invitation you know like right we're going to celebrate on the 26th of november we're hoping y'all join with us because the second paragraph says now therefore i do recommend right <laughs> and assign thursday the 26th of november blah blah right. blah so he's he's recommending it mm-hmm. and so uh, it, you get kind of the contrast of you must do this followed by if you want <laughs> right and and that's what i mean like the the environment that they're in would have been so probably um sensitive mm-hmm. to things like the word duty and <laughs> yeah you know yeah. I'm, I'm guessing in the brief things I've read and I'm guessing that might be part of what the, the resistance was, but hey, like you mentioned, it's not even particularly Christian per se. It's just, right. it, it references God and that's about it. Like there's no, I think Lord is mentioned once, but mm-hmm. I kind of synonymous with God and context of everything else so right yeah i don't think it's i i personally don't feel it's overbearing but back then it very well could have been threatening in some ways right or i i mean just in the sense that it probably the language of it was probably reminiscent of uh language that may have been used when britain was the ruler of the Mm -hmm. land and so um you know, like we mentioned, it could come across as, as you were saying, oh, Washington thinks he's king now. <laughs> um, actually, did you know that George Washington's nickname was His Excellency? Oh, actually, no. <laughs> I, I read a, um, a biography about him, and I think it's called His Excellency George Washington or something like that. But we'll have we might have to go and revisit that one. It was pretty good. But yeah, I've, I've read that they wanted there was talk of making him king and he refused that yeah. kind of government, obviously. Yeah, well, I think 
I mean, there there might have been like talks about it, but I think he and probably several other people in the Continental Congress are like, no, no, right. you know, this <laughs> we we have to be able to choose who is right over us. And um, yeah. Um, let's see, I'm also reading on this other site, www.heritage.org. Oh, that's the one I'm on. Um, I like the one one of the paragraphs just before it cites the Thanksgiving proclamation. I like this last where it's talking about. Okay, I'm just going to read it. So again, this is from Heritage.org. It says, "Thus, throughout American history, presidents have offered nonsectarian prayers for the victory of the military." And in the wake of catastrophes, transcending passionate quarrels over the proper role of religion and politics, the Thanksgiving proclamation reminds us how natural their relationship has been. While church and state are separate, religion and politics, in their American refinement, prop each other up. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I thought that was too. (laughs) um, And... yeah, so that's something to think about when when you read this. And I, I will put a link to the entire text of the Thanksgiving Proclamation in the show notes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know how much the separation of church and state, um, like how big of a thing was back then. I mean, nowadays it's like a huge thing. There's always... Mm-hmm. You know, I'm always reading of a squabble somewhere about it going on, and I, I don't know how much of a big deal it was back then, or if it was seen in quite the same way then as it is now, you know. Um, so I, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? I I have ideas about that, but I don't have, like... <laughs> I haven't <laughs> read up on right. kind of the progression of that argument, but obviously the country was founded by people seeking religious freedom, but then, right. and it was a big enough issue that it was one of the first things, you know, yeah, granted to us yeah. in the government. Yeah. But uh, it, I think is, it might be a little too political, but I, I just I think it's become more in the forefront because there are a growing number of people that are they they don't identify with any religion, yeah, um, and not they don't necessarily have to be atheist or agnostic. They just don't uh, have any affiliation with any organized religion, and so there there is a growing kind of sense of you know. There's the traditional religious aspect of America, and then other uh-huh. people are saying, "But we're going to the right to not have to have any of that involved." It's it's right. always going to be a stick a sticking point. But I think back then there 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 obviously you know atheists or non secular people of some kind, but it wasn't. I don't think it probably was as organized mm-hmm. and as large of a voice as it is now. Um, right. But I imagine it was still fresh in the idea of a lot of people's minds about the war they just fought and why they fought it and any mm-hmm. kind of, 
government direction to do a certain thing or say a certain thing or think a certain way. I, I'm guessing that was still the area. And it's also, um, you know, there, the states were also used to kind of being, in my understanding, they were still used to being somewhat autonomous. And now that they were kind of all gathered Right. They were still working out state right versus federal oh, yeah. government, that kind of thing. And I, it very well could have been, you know, a big chunk of their mentality with that sort of thing. Like people 200, 300, 500 miles away have no idea what people and, <laughs> you know, are thinking or doing or acting. Right. And so they, yeah, that, that's just my guess. I, I'm sure there are lots of books yeah scholarly in nature that <laughs> well i I think this is one of those things out. that um it can be seen from so many different perspectives and mm-hmm. uh i i think in in the end we just it is it comes down to our ability to be respectful of what other people choose to believe in if that makes sense. And I, I think that the whole idea behind the whole separation of church and state thing is that no one religion can be elevated above another or or or, or non-religion, or I don't know what you would call it. Um, uh, if, But, you know, if people do want to believe in God, then they have that right to. And if people don't want to, they have that right to. And I think, I mean, for me, that's more what it's about and um anyway yeah it's just one of the things that always comes up for me when i read these older documents that mm-hmm. do that just you know bring up god and and i'll be honest i don't read a lot of or listen to a lot of um talks given nowadays by like say the president or whatever so i don't know yeah. if if other politicians are, you know, as verbose upon calling on God when they talk or talking about him as much as they are back then. Um, Probably not as much, but there right. are some. Definitely. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, and it was just curious to me. I, like I said, I hadn't read anything about being there being opposition to this <laughs> <laughs> proclamation, and I was like, yeah, of course there was, because even back then, people. I mean, because it, it seems largely innocent. <laughs> yeah, it does. Um, I don't think Washington had any plans to be a dictator or you uh, know, no, be a, a preacher to anybody. I think it was just we went through a lot to get here, so let's th- celebrate that we came through it together as a nation to me it almost feels like you don't sit down and reflect on what you're thankful for coming out of a crisis until you are so far away from that crisis that you're you have the time to kind of relax and your brain has time to mull things over and it just feels like it was more of a sigh of relief like we're through it yeah it was a horrible time it was but it's done it's time to move on yeah. Yeah, and say our thanks and move yeah. move along. But well, I think it also can be um a unifying thing if if an entire nation comes together on one day mm-hmm. to to show and express gratitude for, you know, whatever their reason is. 
um, it it is a way of uniting the nation. And at this t- point in time, they are wanting to unite the nation because although they technically have, you know, on paper and having won a war, you know, they're still the, the hearts of the people. You know, let's let's let our people know who we are and let's unite the nation together besides let let there be something that the entire nation could celebrate together and mm-hmm. uh, I mean because it's I, I I think it's a unifying thing when everybody everywhere does something uh, it's it just creates just a that feeling of camaraderie and friendship knowing that wherever I go in the U.S., when it comes Thanksgiving time, there's going to be a Thanksgiving party. I can count on that because, you know, it's it's there. It's it's something that is a constant, and and I, yeah. And, and I think this, is, in some ways, is it's like you were saying. It's that sigh of relief, and Congress wanting to really express that sigh of relief, and then let the whole nation join in with it and be unified together in that right sigh of relief and that time to push forward yeah and that might be what it was because i'm actually kind of like you mentioned thomas tudor tucker and now Uh i'm just kind of reading as we're talking and he it lists him as being the anti-administration party which wasn't an organized um political political party they said it was more of a faction that was really fluid as they were putting together the federal government but mm-hmm. it largely the their views were they didn't want necessarily a federal government and they opposed ratification of the constitution oh my so gosh. It, it kind of puts him more in light of it might not have mattered what george washington said <laughs> he might have just been like i don't care i'm in south carolina go away like he <laughs> Um, he would have posted anything that was said then, probably, if it came from an administration. Might have been. It might have been. I, I certainly don't know. I'm learning on the fly as we go. Here. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it's just interesting because, like I, you know, we read this and we don't see anything too harmful in it. And right, you know, this guy's just like absolutely inappropriate, and you just want to know why. What's the psychology behind that? And like I right. said, we don't know how this was received by the country at that point. Uh, but that that's a clue that there might have been people that were absolutely opposed to the president doing anything <laughs> of any kind. Yeah, well, I think you're going to get that at, at any time in any nation, anywhere, and, yeah, any time period. And so, I mean, it doesn't surprise me, but it's... I, I think the majority of the people at the time were probably okay with it. Uh, I mean, I mean, the Cong- the majority of the Congress is okay with it because you know they asked mm-hmm. George Washington to go ahead and proclaim it. And I think if there had been a bad reaction to it, we would have found that <laughs> it would have been like emblazoned across the internet. Let oh. When they like, gave this proclamation, yeah. holy cow. <laughs> That's a good point. George Washington flubs because, as uh-huh. we'll discuss maybe in a week or two, another <laughs> president kind of 
messed with Thanksgiving and it was noted. <laughs> this time. is true and that will come up. <laughs> yeah. So, Stay tuned. <laughs> yes. For As a teaser, what president royally screwed up when they took on Thanksgiving? <laughs> all right. Well, all right. So I think that was I think that was a great actually place to to end this, you know, with that teaser. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks Mindy for joining me in this talk about Washington's Thanksgiving proclamation and Next week, we, we are going to be talking about Abraham Lincoln's Thanksgiving proclamation. And I will uh, put a link in the show notes to that proclamation. So any of you who want to read ahead uh, so that you know what we're talking about next time, then you'll be able to easily see it. And I will also put links to the the websites that we were using when we were discussing Washington's Thanksgiving proclamation. So... Listeners, thank you so much for listening. Uh, this this was really fun for me. I enjoy doing this, and I hope you enjoy listening. And, yeah, I will end with that. Thank you. <laughs> and have a wonderful day, everyone. Ciao. Howdy, everyone. Welcome to Gotlet Radio, where, again, we are talking turkey. Feel free to laugh. Come on. Come on, Mindy, laugh. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So we are today, as promised, talking about Lincoln's Thanksgiving proclamation. And this was given on October 3rd, 1863. It's known as Proclamation 106. And um, this uh, is the proclamation that's known for setting a national day of Thanksgiving on the fourth Thursday. <laughs> Where did my brain go? In November. I'm saying that right, am I? Aren't I? Am I not? Uh, well, yeah, fourth or last, I think it's. Yeah. Um, last, yeah. So, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. To observe the last Thursday of November as a day of Thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. Okay. So... Um, just a little bit of history behind the 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 proclamation. Did you read any, any of the history behind it? Uh, I I mean, yeah, I read kind of the time frame of it. It's obviously uh -huh. the Civil War. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this is is right during the Civil War, and um, I think this is actually given just a little bit before the Gettysburg Address is given, and. Um, what had been going on is up to this time, there was no national Thanksgiving. All the states would pick their own days of Thanksgiving. So every state usually had a Thanksgiving day, but they were, were on different days. And, um, let's see, uh, a lady named Sarah Josepha Hale, who was a prominent writer and editor, wrote Lincoln and said, you know, I think it would be a good idea if we had a national day of Thanksgiving where where everybody in the United States has the same day to, to get together and give thanks and, you know, and have it be a yearly thing. And this lady, 
Lady Sarah Josepha Hale, just as a little side note of interestingness, at least to me, she was the one who wrote the poem Mary Had a Little Lamb. <laughs> so if you've ever heard the poem Mary Had a Little Lamb, the the authoress of that is in a way the mother of Thanksgiving. <laughs> because uh, it was because of her letter that Abraham Lincoln uh did come up with the proclamation and um and it wasn't like this was a new idea because again there had been days of thanksgiving in the nation they weren't necessarily all on the same day um but from the time of lincoln forward it was a it was recognized as a national holiday and not just something that every state would do independently and I mean, part of me thinks it's interesting that he issues this because this is during the Civil War, and it brings up the interesting idea that he's, if he is issuing this to the whole United States, he's also in a way issuing it to the Confederate States because the North is still considering them part of the U.S. Mm-hmm. because they're fighting to keep them from breaking away. Whereas the Confederates probably wouldn't recognize this proclamation because they consider they consider that they themselves have already broken away. Um, anyway, that that was just a, a little side note that I thought about when I was reading up about the the address, and in a few places I ha- I have it. Um, written down or seen that it was actually William Seward, the Secretary of the State, that wrote mm-hmm. it. Uh, but Abraham Lincoln obviously put his self approval on it and read it. And um, is is that what you noticed as well, Mindy, in your yeah in your research? Yeah. Um, so let's actually talk about the text itself. Um, what what stood out to you in the text? Uh, kind of that they were acknowledging that the country had flourished, the resources had flourished despite the war. Yeah. And yeah. that they referenced God, um, God remembered mercy at that time. Mm-hmm. And I, Sarah Hale spent 17 years trying to get this thing. <laughs> What's that? The national Hall. Sarah Hale had actually, it took, she, what I read, it was, it was a 17 year campaign yeah. and it finally came to fruition. But I think the timing of it and then the wording of it is clearly in my mind, somewhat of a, can't we all just get along kind of thing? Like, oh, yeah, you know, we have a lot to be thankful for. Yeah. Even in this time of war that, you know, was tearing the country apart. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I guess I found more of a, not quite like an olive branch kind of thing, but there, there was a, a maybe a softness to it. I don't know. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like there was, some yeah, kind of I mean, reaching it, out. It's, it, there's, it doesn't seem harsh and it doesn't seem like it's condemning anyone for th- what has been happening to the country is it is, in fact, more focusing on what the blessings are that despite, I mean, it does acknowledge that there is a war going on, uh, but it's, it's, it's highlighting that even in the, in the midst of this, of this terrible war, 
there are good things happening. I mean, it's it's the silver lining, basically. Mm-hmm. And um and, and I and I I actually rather enjoyed reading it for that reason, you know. And and for me, I do think that in times of you know, trial or tribulation, it does help to look for what is going right. Otherwise, everything just seems bad. Mm-hmm. And um, especially on the national level, this, I think, was probably a pretty apropos time to to make this procl- proclamation because, you know, the war is just at a terrible point. And... Um, it could seem for everyone on both sides that there there is no goodness or hope in the world. Um, but this is this proclamation is putting out the reminder that you know, despite how bad everything is, there is hope. There are good things, and there are good things to look forward to. And every year we are going to celebrate those things, and we're going to do it together as a country. And. Um, I don't know. To me, I really, I really liked it. I, I think it was a good um, break to the the horrors of the war. Basically, mm-hmm. uh, it kind of this might seem totally off the wall, but it kind of reminds me of how Shakespeare would use. Um, comic relief in his really tragic tales to to kind of break up the tragedy so that the audience wouldn't be overwhelmed with it mm-hmm. and and i think you know things like thanksgiving and these proclamations are serve kind of the same purpose to to help people to step back and and take a look at the bigger picture and you know and not be overwhelmed by by life or by the situation so that that's kind of what i got out of it when i was reading it no that's yeah a good way to put it um, yeah and i think i think it coming from william seward uh there's a great biography about him that my Stepdad is currently reading. I gave it to him for Christmas, so he's uh-huh. slowly reading it. So I keep waiting for him to finish <laughs> so I can read it too. But he mentions, you know, he'll come across a few things that he found particularly interesting and he'll stop reading and tell me about them. And it just sounds like Seward was very much as good of a friend to Lincoln as a man can be to a president in a time of war. So yeah. I think knowing what I do know about Seward, it seems appropriate that he would have been the one to either entirely write this or at least greatly mm-hmm. uh, played a part in this coming yeah. forward. Uh, there's actually a really good book that talks about Lincoln and the members of his cabinet. It's called A Team of Rivals. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've read that or not, but it's a fantastic book. Yeah, and it's it actually pile. <laughs> yeah. You, oh, you have to read that one because it talks about because William Seward was actually running against Abraham Lincoln for the presidency, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of people thought that Seward would win, and so when he 
got in put in as Secretary of State, a lot of people kind of assumed that he would actually be the ones leading the U.S. and Lincoln would be kind of a a, a figure piece president but i mean that that wasn't the way it turned out but as you're saying they became really good friends and um yeah i i'd uh, you'll have to give me the title of that book that your dad's your, your dad's reading because that sounds like it would be a good one to to look up and read do you happen to remember it is it oh, i'm looking it up but okay yeah it's one actually that uh my supervisor had at the time, had mentioned right before Christmas. I'm like, that sounds like a book I can get for Christmas <laughs> that I can enjoy after the person who receives it is finished. Uh, <laughs> so who was the book really for? <laughs> kind of a mutual thing. Um, yeah. It's a mutual gift. Those are it's the called, best presents. <laughs> yeah. It's for you, but it's really for us. Uh, it's called Seward Lincoln's Indispensable Man. It's by Walter Starr. Okay. S-T-A-H-R. Oh, Okay. And then the movie Lincoln's actually based off the one that came out a couple years ago is based on the team of rivals that you were talking about. Oh, um, uh-huh. yeah, I do have that one in in the box O books. I have not yet <laughs> oh. read. So yeah. Oh, I actually listened to that. Um, I found it as an audiobook at the library, and at the time I was kind of into biographies, and I listened to it. and I was like, "This book is so awesome." And I asked for it for Christmas, and I got it. So I was pretty excited about that because, yeah, it's just very well written, very well done. Um, We might have to gush about that one later at a later (laughs) episode. Um, But what I think is interesting is when I I was looking at uh, different things about the Thanksgiving proclamation online, there are some incorrect links. Did you find any of those? Mm-mm. Okay. Because there is one. Let's see. Let me see if I can find it. Nope. I thought I had all these pages set up and they're not here. Um, okay. There. Okay, let me start with the one on YouTube. Okay, on YouTube, I went to look at um, something called Lincoln's Thanksgiving Proclamation Speech with Music. And it's it's a really cool video. And there's someone, you know, pictures of Lincoln. And it has the text of the document being read on the screen so you can read along with it as there's a speaker saying the speech it is not the thanksgiving proclamation speech (laughs) even though it is labeled as such um it's and there and apparently there's another document out there that gets confused with the thanksgiving proclamation now when i say thanksgiving proclamation i mean the thanksgiving proclamations that says the last thursday in november is thanksgiving and but like the YouTube one, it does not say that in there, so I don't know why it's called the Thanksgiving Proclamation Speech or why it gets confused with it. And there is another one um, that I think was similar to it, and I can kind of see why this one is confused with it. And it's because it's a proclamation for a day of fasting and prayer, 
And so it's it, it's kind of similar mm-hmm. to the Thanksgiving one, but it's it's not about Thanksgiving. And that one sometimes gets confused with the Thanksgiving proclamation. So if you are looking up the Thanksgiving proclamation, just beware that there are some sites that have it listed incorrectly. They have the wrong um, text for it. And I'll be listing the sites that we use to get the text. There's several that do have it right, obviously. And, but just just know that there are some sites out there that have it listed incorrectly. And yeah, oh, here it is. This this site is called holydays.tripod.com and it does list the the Thanksgiving text but it also says that there is another text that was given on March 30th, 1863. It's another proclamation that is sometimes confused with the Thanksgiving Lincoln's Thanksgiving proclamation and this is a proclamation appointing a national fast day. Um so yeah. So just be aware when you're looking around online that you're if the text doesn't read in it that they're setting aside the last Thursday in November, it's not the Thanksgiving text. <laughs> if that makes sense. So it does. People confuse things easily. Yeah. Or they just don't care. I don't know. They yeah. may know and just not care. <laughs> yeah, and it could be both. And, and I'm sure sometimes some of the, the, the mistakes are made as an honest mistake, but sometimes it's just a lack of digging deep enough to make sure you're getting it right. Like the, like I said, that the YouTube video links that says links give, I cannot say this correctly, Lincoln's Thanksgiving Proclamation Speech with Music. It's It's a really neat little video. But it's not the right text in the sense that it's not the text that is um, proclaiming a day of Thanksgiving for the nation. And that makes me kind of sad because, like <laughs> I said, it is, it is, you know, someone obviously put a lot of time, effort, and thought into this little video that they made. And it's either mislabeled or they don't realize that it's not the Thanksgiving proclamation. <laughs> So, anyway, were there any other uh, thoughts or comments that you had about the the Lincoln's Thanksgiving proclamation? Honestly, no. Like we covered it, I yeah, I thought it was. I I didn't know that it officially first kind of came about. You know, during the Civil War, it just makes mm-hmm. sense um, that it did. Yeah. Like I guess I didn't realize it was that old. Yeah. As far as the national. <laughs> yeah, I you know, it's thing. you know, national holidays are are things that I don't really ever think about. They're just there. And so Right. I mean, I mean for me, I was kind of like it's, they're all old because for that for me they've always been around. I don't think there's been a national holiday proclaimed since I was born. You know, or like a new one or anything. Or if there has been, I was too young to remember it. And so to me, they're all old. If they're older than I am, they're old. <laughs> Proclamations. 
And so it was interesting to find out that this was during uh, the Civil War time that this happened. And I thought it was interesting that it was from that time forward that everyone used the last Thursday of the month to celebrate Thanksgiving because it, well, when I was reading the text, it didn't seem to say that it would be a yearly thing, Mm -hmm. but it seemed to be understood by everyone that that's what it was. And that's how it's come down through history since then. And I'm okay with that. I like Thanksgiving. (laughs) (laughs) It's just that reading the document, I thought it would state a little more explicitly that this was something that would happen every year. But to me, it didn't seem to do that. Um, But again, I'm okay if it didn't say, this will be an annual thing. Um, Because we just went ahead and made it an annual thing. (laughs) Uh, yeah, I mean, it sounded like it already kind of was a habit to do that. It just wasn't a unified day. Day, yeah. So, so and, that and maybe sense. that's part of the implicit understanding is that if it's announced federally, then the whole nation will celebrate on the same day mm-hmm. um, every year from that time forward. And so that maybe that's why it didn't have to be put in there that it would be an annual thing. So, yeah. And obviously... Uh, it it was well accepted since nowadays everyone celebrates on the same day. So it's come down through time to us almost unhindered and hampered by <laughs> other policies. But we are going to talk next week about the great Thanksgiving debacle. Right. <laughs> It'll be so fun. All right. Well, we... There's really not much more to say about Lincoln's Thanksgiving uh, proclamation. So I I will put links again in the show notes to the sites that I used uh, to look, to read the text and uh, learn a little bit more about the history so that you too, the listeners can, can read about it yourself as well. And we'd love to hear your thoughts about Thanksgiving and these uh, proclamations that we've been talking about. So if you want to, Share your thoughts with us on Facebook, you can, or comment in iTunes or on the website. Just let us know. We'd like to to know what you think about Thanksgiving and all these proclamations. So thanks again for listening, everyone. We love you, and we love talking. (laughs) Me sometimes a little too much, but... (laughs) No. (laughs) It's awesome. All right. Thanks again, everyone. Ciao. Welcome everyone to Godlet Radio, and I'm very excited to be here today, and I have Mindy with me again. And hi. since this is our, oh, I should say, let, let you say hi. Hi, Mindy. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and since this is our uh, last Thanksgiving episode, I just wanted to say thank you all to all the listeners for listening to the show, and I hope you're having fun. And I, I've been having fun making these episodes, and producing them i feel so i don't know egotistical when i say that i'm the producer but i guess i am and (laughs) so thank you again for listening and as promised today we are going to talk about the thanksgiving debacle we've hinted at it and now we are going to talk about it and so mindy this debacle happened in 1939 what exactly was it 
like what is it like we're not building to it we're just going to launch into (laughs) we're going to just launch into it i changed my approach by the way this is the second time we were recording this because the first time we were interrupted by some kind of weird pop-up playing music phantom commercial probably for christmas Uh, yeah so anyway this is our second recording (laughs) i did it differently the first time so i'm surprising mindy by just saying hey mindy what happened in 1939 (laughs) ta-da take it mindy uh fdr who i arguably was a fantastic president considering the circumstances he was given Mm -hmm. uh did something really stupid, which was, <laughs> it had good intentions, like all stupid decisions. Oh yeah, but, yeah. Uh, I have yeah, been in, I have hmm? been stupid in good intentioned ways before myself. <laughs> oh yeah, no, um, me too. But he he moved um, Thanksgiving back a week uh, for economy reasons, thinking that would be good for the economy to have more Christmas shopping time. But he totally forgot that. People don't like change and, <laughs> and just completely uh, inconvenienced, alarmed, angered, and otherwise just royally ticked off the majority of the country. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because people had been so used to th- having Thanksgiving on a certain time and um, so they would plan their vacations around it. They would plan the football games around it and if when the day of the thanksgiving that they had been planning on was moved suddenly all those plans you know disappear and are shaken up and and so the nation was split so part of the nation would be like okay we'll honor the day that the president said and the other part of the nation was like no we're not going to. We're going to hold it on the day that we normally would. And so that put some families in a bind because they wouldn't have the same vacation days off depending on which state they were in and whether or not that state had decided to go with the uh, the proclamation or not. And so, yeah, there there was much anger and grief and gnashing of teeth <laughs> yes weeping and wailing gnashing of teeth oh yeah and but as Mindy was saying the the intentions were good because the country had been in a depression and fdr had been working very hard with the government to help bring the country out of the depression and he had had a lot of pressure from uh the the big stores to move thanksgiving so that there would be a longer christmas shopping period and the stores were thinking they could probably generate some more revenue that way. And, you know, they say things are worth a try. And so they tried it <laughs> and it, it, it didn't really give an economic boost to the stores. The, the stores, once they had done that, found that the, the amount of money pulled in for that time period was about the same as the years before. It's just was spread out over, mm-hmm. you know, a few more weeks than the the shorter shopping period that had previously gone before. So that is the big Thanksgiving debacle. And so that was sometimes referred to as Franksgiving <laughs> to just describe that holiday. 
and it there were so many jokes made about this. I mean, even the Jack Benny show and the Burns and Allen show, they it was the source of jokes. And uh, before I even read up on this, I remembered the film Holiday Inn and how there was one scene where there was this animated picture of a calendar with a turkey on it and a turkey's jumping from one Thursday to another just back and forth <laughs> and and then finally it just looks to the camera and shrugs its shoulders because it's like I don't know which day Thanksgiving which day should I be sitting on and that's in Holiday and that's a film that came out in 1942 but it was making fun of that that time period and I just mm-hmm. remember thinking of that film as like is that what that was referring to and it was and so um it just made me laugh. Uh, and so, <laughs> yeah. I, and remember when we had talked previously in the Thanksgiving Lincoln proclamation, how I'd said that it didn't seem like he had set it, the date to be recurring every year at that time. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently I was correct because it didn't actually specifically set the date it's just that every president from the time of Lincoln on had just followed in that footstep of declaring, you know, that that last Thursday in November as Thanksgiving. And it just, they just did that year after year after year until FDR came along. It's like, eh, let's move it up. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but the proclamations themselves... Uh, they 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 actually remind me a lot of the the early proclamations that Washington gave and Lincoln gave, and for example, in the 1939 proclamation that Franklin Delano Roosevelt gave, this was on October 31st, 1939. The second paragraph he goes. More than three centuries ago, at the season of the gathering in of the harvest, the pilgrims humbly paused in their work and gave thanks to God for the preservation of their community and for the abundant yield of soil. A century and a half later, after after the new nation had been formed and the charter of government, the Constitution of the Republic, had received the assent of the states, President Washington and his successors invited the people of the nation to lay down their tasks one day in the year and give thanks for the blessings that had been granted them by divine providence. It is fitting that we should continue this hallowed custom and select a day in 1939 to be dedicated to reverent thoughts of Thanksgiving. So, this is from the 1939 proclamation, the year that he changed it, the the date. and But he's he's going back through time, like we had done this whole month. And he's talking about first the Pilgrims, then Washington, and then Lincoln. And so he's, t- he's tying it all together, setting up the history of the Thanksgiving and... Um, you know, talking about divine providence, or in other words, God, and uh, it it just to me it feels reminiscent of the other proclamations that had already been been given. Um, mm-hmm. Did you have a chance to read those proclamations, Mindy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they they all I mean they're all very kind of similar. Yeah, but uh, and in essence um and i i just think they're an interesting part of the nation's history mm-hmm. because most of them are coming before during or after uh 
immediately before, during, or after a you know a major event in the country, usually war. Yeah, uh, when people are thankful mm-hmm. to have some sense of normalcy or something to celebrate. Um, yeah, and I think it it kind of speaks to the kind of continuity of certain themes in the country and certain uh, ideas that have kind of trickled through the last couple hundred years. It kind of ties it all together. Yeah, I agree. And I think even today, a lot of the things that are said in it are, are still applicable. For example, in the 1941 proclamation, he says, in the interest of our own future, we are sending succor at increasing pace to those people abroad who are bravely defending their homes and their precious liberties against annihilation. And, I mean, even today, we still, you know, send aid to other countries around the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're seeking to help not just ourselves, but others, and, you know, helping others find a reason reason to give thanks. And I, I, I like that. I think that's really... Um, I don't know what the right word is. I think that's a, a really good thing to do, you know, as a people, as a nation, is to, you know, express our own gratitude and help others find things that they they too can be grateful for. Mm-hmm. When in after World War One, I, I thought it was interesting. The Department of State sent a telegram to all of the countries that you know, were aligned with us and, you know, told them kind of, you know, about Thanksgiving in America and encouraged them to, that all the victorious nations to have, you know, their own celebrations in solidarity with the U.S. And most countries really didn't (laughs) (laughs) respond. A couple of them, you know, had something similar that they did on the same day. Uh, But it was kind of generally just, you know, like, oh, okay, another memo from the U.S. And they just <laughs> did it that. Like it, uh, but I thought it was interesting. We, you know, kind of reached out. Yes. Yeah. They felt it necessary to reach out and say, this is one of our traditions. And mm-hmm. why don't you join us? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it never hurts to extend an invitation. And then it's... um it's up to the other people to decide whether or not they want to accept. I mean, that's true, not just worldwide, but even at a, a family level, because, you know, Thanksgiving's a big family time of year, but sometimes, you know, just because you extend an invitation to someone doesn't mean that they can necessarily accept. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's just for, you know, whatever reason. But, I, I do think that um, the the intent is is what counts in these in these cases, you know. Um, so regardless of what the other person does, so so that is the history of Frank's giving. <laughs> <laughs> now, because there was such an uproar about it, just to finish the history on this little bit. Um, it, it was finally in 1941 that Congress, <clears throat> excuse me, stepped in to fix it. <laughs> and basically, in 
let's see, on December 26, 1941, Congress passed a law that basically said that Thanksgiving would occur on the fourth Thursday um, of the year for the rest of time. <laughs> and, um, and so that is when it was actually made an actual law that the fourth Thursday in November is the day of Thanksgiving. And so it is, it's a federal law now. It's not just tradition. And, um, and that happened in 1941 because of the whole Thanksgiving debacle. Mm -hmm. Cause uh, as we said before, up until then it was just, you know, the president would just kind of announce it and it was just expected. It wasn't actually mm -hmm. a law, but now it is. <laughs> <laughs> so it's another legacy of FDR <laughs> <laughs> yes and then um, so Thanksgiving from that time to now uh, one thing that I actually didn't know about until I was reading about Thanksgiving and I'm sure many of you are going to be like what you didn't know about this I did not know that the White House would pardon the turkeys <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I mean, you just kind of have to understand that I grew up in a house that didn't have like TV. Uh, I mean, our TV was hooked to a VCR and that was pretty much it. So we never like watched the grand turkey pardoning or <laughs> listened to it on the radio. Or I don't right. even know how it was announced or anything. And so um, I didn't even know that happened. But apparently every year the White House now has a tradition of pardoning a turkey so <laughs> that it doesn't get in because um, originally um, the White House would let's see okay I'm, I'm getting this from Wikipedia it says since 1947 the National Turkey Federation has presented the President of the United States with one live turkey and two dressed turkeys in a ceremony known as the National Thanksgiving Turkey Presenta Presentation and um, occasionally a president would pardon a turkey. Um, like, I guess John F. Kennedy did. And then Ronald Reagan did. And, um, but it was, wasn't until George H.W. Bush who, um, that it actually became a permanent tradition that it's, it's rather expected now that the president is going to pardon a turkey. <laughs> and um, I thought that's kind of a, a cute little tradition. And I guess those turkeys are quite pampered. Um, mm -hmm. They're and, huge, usually. Yeah. Like massive turkeys. Yeah. Well, I, I think I read somewhere that they can be up to like 40 pounds. And um, so I... <laughs> I just thought that was fascinating because I didn't know that. And and then the turkeys are pardoned and they've had different places that they've gone after that for a while. They, for a short time, they went to either Disneyland or Disney World and were the grand marshal of a parade. <laughs> uh, and then they've also been sent to George Washington's Virginia estate and the, at Mount Vernon. And there's just been various places. Okay, I think my favorite place that I read about is a place called Northern Virginia's Frying Pan Park. <laughs> Seems ominous for the pardon turkey. <laughs> I know. 
Um, <laughs> I read that name and I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> that made me laugh. And then the names yeah. of the turkeys make me laugh too. Like there were one year there was marshmallow and yam. And then another year there was cobbler and gobbler. <laughs> so I've actually kind of got a little sidetracked reading all about these turkeys and them getting pardoned and everything. And, and I, I think it's fun. It's a fun little tradition, I think. Yeah. Um, so since I'm really clueless about traditions, <laughs> can you think of any other national traditions that we have that I don't know about? <laughs> about Thanksgiving or in yeah. general? Yeah, Thanksgiving. Uh, I don't know. Do you? I guess you didn't watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. No, that's no. a big one in our house. Um, it's kind of funny how they, you know, the traditions develop anyway. Mm. But the uh, it's become kind of sport now for us to bemoan the way they cover the parade now because it's. I mean, this is been going on for decades and it wasn't until about 15 years ago maybe that they started kind of doing this hybrid um promotion of broadway interspersed with the parade itself they'll show a broadway oh. number that may or may not be appropriate for all viewing audiences and, oh. <laughs> and then they'll, they'll oh like move along the parade and so a lot of times especially growing up i remember everybody loved seeing you know the marching bands around the country from high schools uh-huh. they would get a chance to go and you know you kind of looked for that to see who was close by if something if there was a school close by to where you lived it was like a huge deal that, yeah you know people that you may know were in the parade anyway and so you don't the way they cover it now you don't see quite as much of that and it's uh. really obnoxious because it, it's like the fdr thing you don't mess with what people have known for just forever. It anyway. I, I like Broadway. I love Broadway, but I it's just uh, yeah. it's not what it, you're expecting it, at Thanksgiving. Well, a little bit of a promotion of New York over, you know, the country's traditions in some ways. Um, anyway, oh, yeah, stuff like that. And now um, it's extended into they have uh, a dog show. I think it's the Purina Dog Show. Um, oh, and really? So now we. <laughs> yeah, we transition into, you know, we're we're mutt fan. We've always just got mutts from the pound, but we love like rooting or jeering on the <laughs> dogs that we love and hate. Like, it, it, I mean, it's just it's anyway. But these are more of a, I guess, a modern thing. Um, but but I think that, that's I, fun though. <laughs> it is like the, the only thing that I really know about Thanksgiving wise nationally is football. So sure. people like to get, you know, the big Thanksgiving spread together and then, mm-hmm. you know, eat turkey and watch football. And <laughs> well, But and it's, we don't really watch football at my house, so. <laughs> and it's things like um, we, you know, we have the traditional food for the most part and we do it year after year. Yeah. And ever since I've been alive, I, we have certain things in a certain way. And there was one year <laughs> that my stepdad uh was kind of sniffing around the potatoes and he added things to our scallop potatoes uh-huh. that were completely out of bounds <laughs> <laughs> and i was i and they're my favorite part of the meal because they're because they're cheesy and they're just not good for you but they're so good and we only have them <laughs> at thanksgiving so it's a one 
yeah. shot thing every year and I start to scoot them out and I just stop and I look up. I'm like, Thanksgiving is ruined. Who ruined Thanksgiving? <laughs> oh, and no. he's like, what? What did I do? I was like, what did you do to the potatoes? Is the question. <laughs> anyway, it, it's just you get so latched on and it, that's just one dish in uh-huh. one meal like probably six or seven years ago to this day. He'll walk in the kitchen on Thanksgiving Day. I'm like, get away from the potatoes because <laughs> it's just a family joke. I can't imagine what would happen today if the president said, oh, by the way, Thanksgiving's early this year. What? <laughs> <laughs> I think that it would be huge. The nation would be like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it would be a recall vote like the very next day. Uh, yeah. Like, th- this guy's out. We're done. <laughs> oh, goodness. So Yeah. But no, I, everybody's got their own kind of unique things. But nationally, that I think that's about it. Um, yeah. I think you've been caught up the parade. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't football, the parade, food. That's about the way it goes. Alrighty. Okay. Well, now that I feel culturally enlightened. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, as you were saying, everybody on a fa- family level has wonderful traditions too. And uh, I think it's probably a good place to leave off and let people get ready to enjoy their turkey and their stuffing if that's what they're having. They may, everyone might have a different Thanksgiving tradition or food. I think one year um, we went to my brother-in-law's family and they had tamales for Thanksgiving. It was actually kind of fun, a fun little change. Um, But yeah, so whatever your traditions are for Thanksgiving, we hope that you all enjoy them. And thanks again for listening. And I will, of course, put links to the sites that I was looking at, as well as the sites that list the text of the Franklin's D. Roosevelt's proclamations, so that you can read them for yourself. And uh, they're, they're really short, so they don't take a lot of time to read. And, yeah, I hope that everyone has a wonderful Thanksgiving. And, Mindy, I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And you too. Lots of full tummies and lots of fun. Ciao, everyone.